Hey, good morning. Good morning. Uh, my name's Simit. I'm one of the pediatric anaesthetists in Oxford, and I'm very pleased to welcome Dr. Liam Brennan, uh, President of the Royal College of Anaesthetists. Thank you for your time this morning. Uh, we're going to talk about the ageing anaesthetist. Um, can you start by just um, letting us know about the, the economic factors around uh, workforce and age? So, thank you, Sumit. I think the place to start is to say that we have got an ageing population. The world population will be, will be uh, 15% of them will be over the age of 65 by 2050. In Europe, that will be 25%. Somebody born in 2012 has got a 30% chance of reaching their 100th birthday. And that's mirrored in our workforce and in anaesthesia from the census that we conducted by the college in 2015, we found that there was a 28% increase in anaesthetists um, over the age of 50 within the preceding five years. So we've got an ageing anaesthetic workforce as well. So how are we going to economically, what impact does that have? Well, the impact for that is, will, will be how are we going to afford to support uh, that workforce um, in their retirement. And the, the figures are quite eye-watering. Uh, £100 billion is spent on uh, um, state pension provision already, and £3 billion uh, within the NHS uh, uh, pension pot. So um, it means that um, the affordability of supporting uh, people in the retirement means that we're having to make greater pension contributions. When I started as a consultant, I was paying 6% of my pension contributions, of my salary as a pension contribution, and now like probably all, all consultants now pay 14%, uh, so I've, um, uh, over double what I previously paid. Added to that, um, the requirement now that our state pension age has increased to 67, 68, and likewise for the NHS pension, which is at now has increased to 65 and now also um, is a career average um, process, means that people are going to need to work for longer before they will have an adequate pension to sustain them through into retirement and into, uh, their, in, into their advanced years. So we have the prospect of people having to work until well into their seventh decade uh, okay. in order to have a sustainable um, retirement. So, so given that that's, that's, uh, that's kind of what we're all facing, is there any evidence to support concerns about the older anaesthetists sort of respect to safety and clinical so skills? So ageing is, the effect of ageing is, is, is differential. There'll be many of our colleagues who are well able and are practising perfectly safely and at a high standard well into their seventh decade. But the effect of ageing is differential. For some people, and a lot of this is genetic factors, um, some people will age um, more slowly and some will age more quickly. That has effects both on cognitive um, functioning and also on physical health. We as doctors are just as prone to have the same physical issues and the same issues with comorbidities as our patients. By the age of 50, 55, you're likely to have um, average in the society is that we have one comorbidity and by the age of 65, at least two. So we need to address those issues. And cognitive decline is something which affects all of us. We're not talking about the extreme end of dementia, uh, although that may, they, that, that may be an issue for a few. 
But cognitive decline means that our, sh- our ability in short-term um, uh, processing of complex data uh, uh, in time-critical situations may be affected, and there is good evidence for that over the age of 60. So, and for many, that may not affect our functioning in managing patients, but it may. It may. And for those who have aged differentially more quickly, it may have a greater impact and may potentially affect safe clinical practice. And could it be argued that those things could be more of a problem in in our field of paediatric anaesthesia? Well, I think we're all very aware that um, we are often managing um, very complex children with complex comorbidities, congenital disease, particularly in the neonatal age group, where the margin for error, particularly with the technical skills that are required to manage children, are very, very um, marginal. And they're compared to adult practice, where there may be more margin for a small deterioration within, with, within your technical competency as you age, um, without that having any uh, effect or impinging on outcome um, or, or practice uh, for adults. It may well, potentially, in very small children and the more complex paediatric cases that we manage. Are you aware of um, other skilled professions, for example, the airline industry? Do they, how do they cope with well, this Well, I think they have been far more enlightened and taken a far more... Uh, um, confronted the, this, this issue uh, um, far, more, uh, uh, far more upfront about it. So you've mentioned the airline industry. I think the others to mention would be uh, uh, oil, expira- oil exploration mm. industry, which is a very safety-conscious industry, nuclear, nuclear industry... Uh, and, uh, and, and something perhaps uh, less exotic uh, would be uh, people who are involved with uh, driving public transport vehicles. And there is a recognition that we do need to um, assess patient, uh, sorry, assess um, the workforce's ability to maintain uh, safe f- um, performance uh, if they are going to be working um, into their l- later years and, and um, uh, and that is recognised uh, in a proactive way by um, simulation, by workforce uh, occupational health questionnaires, uh, and by being encouraging the workforce to be more, ref- more reflective on their capabilities. Uh, there's uh, a very interesting initiative from f- uh, some Finnish occupational health physicians called the Workforce uh, Ability in- I- Index, which... Um, looks at these issues. It's been validated across a range of industries, including some of the ones I've mentioned, uh, and allow ask the uh, the uh, the, the um, employee to reflect on their own abilities compared to their career best and where they where do they think they are now compared to their best and in the past, say, two or three years, so that they continue to reflect on for themselves of where they are. They also look at whether there's been been any. Uh, issues or incidents that have been reported or self-reported, and they also look at occupational health um, uh, assessments, including whether you have any um, um, uh, health issues that may impact on your ability to um, function effectively uh, in the workplace. So other industries have looked at this and are doing this proactively, and I think the time has come for us to look at that uh, within healthcare. This isn't just an issue for anaesthetists. This is across... um, all of the medical profession, and I would suggest beyond medicine, also into the other caring professions, including nursing. Um, so 
Just thinking about advice we can give to departments who perhaps are, are top top heavy with consultants sort of in their sixth decade. What advice would you give for planning going forwards? Well, I think the culture has to change. We can't expect um, uh, an anaesthetist to have the same job plan and be working to the same uh, uh, model as at the age of 65 as they were at 35. We need to develop the concept of portfolio careers so that people can continue to practice safely, uh, confidently, and, uh, uh, and still maintaining job satisfaction into their seventh decade. So that may involve um, consideration of whether you continue to do night call. We know that nights working in those who are over the age of 60 has a disproportionate effect on, on uh, ability to function effectively. Um, and that's not just within uh, our specialty or within uh, medicine in general, it's across all professions. Um, I think it means that we need to look at whether we should continue to do high-intensity working uh, uh, and very complex uh, list working um, um, in those latter years of our careers. And it may be that the slack could be taken up by us doing more working where we can bring our wisdom and experience in those later years uh, in areas such as mentoring, quality improvement, um, uh, education uh, and um, areas like that, and of course, departmental management. And for us to be valued uh, for as much as what we do outside of the operating theatre as we are for what we do directly in interoperative care. Okay. Thank you for your time, Dr. Ryan. Not nice at all. Not at all. Nice to meet you. Thanks yes. so much.